around 1,400 calories a day. So just prime example, let's say you want to have two or three bottles of Corona. They're averaging about... I think 136. I think it's around the one around the one thirty six mark. Let let's say let's say one fifty calories per bottle, right? Just to bulk it up. Yeah. You're gonna let's say you're gonna have two bottles of Corona before bed, watching a film. So that's three hundred calories you need to find from somewhere. You bring that back. You're on fourteen hundred calories a day. So you're gonna. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to take one hundred calories off breakfast, one hundred calories off lunch, one hundred calories off dinner. So. There you go. That's a nice, simple kind of restriction. So it's if you're having protein, carbs, fats on each meal, you're making a small kind of restriction to give yourself that big win, essentially, at the end of the day. So it's, whereas you might feel you're slightly missing out on that short term. So How are we? What's the crack now, boss? All good now. Can't complain. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good. Sorry, what was that? Enjoying this mighty Sunday evening. Oh, stuff is a a sem a rack there, so that kept me busy. So not so bad, keeping you on your toes of a Sunday. She's got the ball. I'll be I'll be kept anyway. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. <laughs> Domestic goddess, you know yourself. Oh, I'm telling you, I say, I think it was looking to keep you. I say they want to let you on. <laughs> Uh, sure, I won't complain anyway. That's the way, that's the way. So, you mentioned to me during the week you had a lot of uh, frequently asked questions or um, the topic came up a good bit about how to get set up and get going for getting into a kind of a fitness or exercise regime. Yeah, so I suppose a lot of, a lot of the things I've got from people and just the main questions for people when they start off or even just talking to me in the gym sometimes it's how how do I get started that's mainly the biggest question or how how do I go about getting started unlike what Instagram says of you need to buy this fancy gear or you need to get all these um, weights you need to get all this you know fancy supplements you know so how can one really get going and then get going into the wizards and keep going. So that's the that's the big question I have, I suppose, whether you have any enlightenment on that, that's what the the, the big penny needs to be dropped. Well, we can certainly try anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing when you're looking to get started is asking the question, why are you looking to do this? What's your goal? Totally. That's what that's really that's taken the words right out of my mouth because I suppose as I kind of I touched on it lightly in the last couple of podcasts. It's the why has to be your number one because if you're yeah keep it fit because oh look that's the norm or for everyone else on Instagram does it I might as well. There's no point trying to be a sheep and just following the crowd. I suppose you could have a why to say well I want to get two pounds down in six weeks for a wedding or I just want to be a better version of myself, you know. So those two people could train just as hard as each other. You really need to know where your why is coming from. So as I said, you could have as wants to drop two pounds or two stone in six weeks. They both have the same goal in mind. And I suppose then you've got the other person that may want to just 
I just want to be a better version of myself. I want to be happier. I want to be healthier. And I suppose the social side of exercise is what they want. So they're, they're both going the same road, but they have a different mindset. And I suppose everyone's mindset is different. So that's where you really need to just write those couple of bits down. That's what I find, which are, which are number one on your why. That's knowing why you want to do it. Because when 6 a.m. comes or 4 a.m. comes tomorrow morning and your alarm is going off, it's going to be very easy to just hit the, I suppose, hit the F-U-C-K button, I suppose. We're, we don't want to hit the disclaimers on the cursing too early. Explicit. First thing in the corner, because it's, it's too easy, because I've seen it myself. It's just so easy to just, ah, look, I'll go to the gym this evening, or, or I'll go at lunchtime, you know? And then lunchtime comes, or I'll go tonight. And then tonight comes, like, ah, look, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, too tired. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow, you know? Whereas if you just, you already had the alarm set, you already had it in your head. So sometimes it says when the when you're not really penciled in on those goals and all those wants, that's when it can really just kind of, I suppose, it can fade a lot quicker when you don't actually really zero in on what you want to do. Yeah, like um, I heard a good quote during the week. Uh, I'll just paraphrase it because... I can't remember off the top of my head, was along the lines of it's a, it's a hell of a lot easier when you're throwing darts to know what you're aiming for than to throw it randomly. Exactly. And yeah, so, um, that, that brings it back to that point. I was, it was a great one I heard a couple of years back. What gets managed gets measured. So if you want to say you're going to lose two pounds a week, every week, rather than just saying, oh, well, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just I'm just going to do my best, you know. That's a great attitude to have. But at the same time, you might lift it this week and take those three or four pounds, and then you might gain a pound and a half the week after that. So it's very easy to have a great attitude. Your attitude can fade. It can come and go far too easy. That can be more of the problem. Yeah, I think it's very important to make sure it's a strong enough reason why you're doing it. Because, as you said, you need that bit of accountability. And as well, it sets you up for what exactly you're going to do. You can get real detailed and dial in on the methods of how you're going to do it, how long it's going to take. Do you need to get an external person in, like someone like yourself? You, you need to have, you need to be very clear and concise on what you're chasing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was just going to go on at with you. <laughs> You're literally taking the words right out of my mouth this evening. I was just... I've you wired. That's what I'm saying. It was as simple of the fact of, yes, I would recommend to starting with the trainer, naturally enough, if you're, if you're red rock exercising or gymming or any of this kind of a background. But once you get that little bit of external help, I always try to use that as a benefit towards the person rather than, all right, this is a good long-term kind of person that you can just string along for a while because nine times out of ten just that little bit of conversation and I suppose just finding out who the person really is rather than who they want to be it can break it down to whereas they might do the six weeks in the gym and they might hate every minute of those six weeks but they may have loved the little bit of conditioning work or the little bit of running work that we done and then they might step on and start playing a team sport or they might have stepped on and started playing or just doing their own kind of running or individual kind of exercise after that. So it's, yes, I suppose 
you have to, <laughs> it's a funny one, you have to really go to the gym to realise you don't like the gym or to realise you love the gym because it's very easy to look at the people on Instagram and say, oh, that looks fun, that looks like something I'd like to do. As you know yourself, it <laughs> it definitely ain't for everyone. <laughs> no, it's not. No, that that's it. It's very important to know what you're after so you can help them. Like, take a... Takes a middle-aged man. He's there. There was young kids. He hasn't been exercising or looking after himself in a while, and he's finding he's going out playing with them. He's struggling a bit. You know, he he's getting out of breath a bit quicker than he'd like to be, and he can't can't really keep up with them. So he approaches someone like you, and he comes to you and say, "Hey, I want to get fitter. Um, I want to get healthier." And then you, you're like, okay, so what's the reason why? And he tells you, I want to do it so I'm at a stage where I'm able to play with my kids and be able to keep up with them. So, like, that's a strong why. You know that person's going to put in the effort because they have this intrinsic thing to aim for. They're not doing it just to look good, which will be an extrinsic uh, form of motivation. It's an intrinsic thing. So it's an internal thing that they're doing because their kids mean enough for them to get themselves into shape and to go to someone like you to point them the right direction and to get them to that stage where they can go play with their kids for however long. Oh, completely. Like when when I hear stories like that, that, that even motivates me to go that extra step to help them. And once, the, yeah, I suppose like in a bring that back. It, that's almost kind of like a fire in the belly. Whereas it's so much better for them to say, "I, I just want." They're open, they're honest, they're basically laying everything out on the table for you because that's when you when it does come to the exercise and fitness side of things, the person needs to be brutally honest with me when it comes down to it because they can just they can cut around and say, "Oh, I just wanna, I wanna get in shape for a wedding in six weeks." There may be no wedding at all, and they're just kicking the can down the road, you know. So if there's that little bit of an honesty there, it's always a great approach to be able to see because if they can be honest with you from day one, you know yourself you're dealing with a genuine person that's going to really bust themselves, but they're going to be honest with you to show you what they really want to do. So that I could bring that dad into the gym and he may absolutely hate it. So it's you're going to be able to see it very, very quickly if he's enjoying it or he's not enjoying it. And the fact that he's being up straight and honest is always going to be a good help. So it's, when somebody has that kind of a, a motivation or that little, as, as we bring it back to that why to start with, it's always a great thing to see. And it's it's something that we can always build on. And it's, it's more the relationship building then is the, is the most important part to see, I suppose, what what road you go, whether you're, whether you're in your gym and you really just cling on to just the, the love of that endorphins and just those kind of that rush of the a bit of exercise or it's as I said it can be it can be daunting and it can be scary for some people so it's that's a big step to take that first step I suppose most importantly but the sad thing about it is it's one that has to be taken I suppose as you know yourself you can see the people that love for the exercise classes and may have never actually set foot in a gym by themselves but they'll go to their 7 to 8 p.m. or 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. class religiously every single day, you know? So it's, it's that 
there's that kind of dauntingness and that scariness of it is there really too. But you have to you have to dip the toe in to really see what it's like. Yeah, I think uh, all this talking about steps that ties into the next big thing to consider. Once you've set your goal and you know what you're striving for, you want to get fit and healthier. It's going to be talking about steps and knee, something which we did cover in a previous episode, but it's a very important point to get across for anyone who is looking to um, just increase your cardiovascular system. And even if going back to the whole goal of if you're, if it's to improve yourself to play with your kids, it's something that you can incorporate with them anyway. Yeah, completely. It's, I suppose, as I say, once that first kind of hurdle is crossed, where they're happy in what the form of exercise they're going to be doing, whether we're doing kind of uh, pitch conditioning sessions or if we're just doing complete body weight exercises or if they're in, in that kind of system and they're happy in doing kind of gym work, that's when we zone in on the goals, okay? So then it comes back to, okay, so we'll use this guy as an example. Like, you want to get fit to play with your kids. So we break it back to, okay, so we can go along with, we can do our cardio along with our resistance training, whereas you're going to build up your strength and your, the body fat's going to drop. So as I said, naturally, if there's, a, if there's a less amount of you <laughs> to carry around the place, you're not going to tire out as quick when you're looking after your kids. So that's going to into help you build up your fitness a bit quicker. So there's a couple of ways to always work around it. So once you find that system, it's uh, teaming up the resistance training with that bit of cardio work, be it doing your, doing your outdoor hikes with your kids, I suppose. A great one I find is incorporating your kids into your exercise. So going for that hour on the swings and out, out with the football with the kids or just bringing them for a hike on a Saturday or a Sunday. So you're killing two birds with one stone. You're enjoying a day out with your kids and you're getting you're getting that little bit of, um, I suppose, you're getting your steps up and you're getting that bit of exercise in. So it's, it's a, it, I suppose it can be a win-win and it can make things fit in a lot easier rather than, I suppose, if that dad had to, set aside an hour or two hours to get a gym session in when he really wasn't enjoying it, you know? So it's using, I suppose, using your surroundings and using life to your benefit, you know? So finding, again, it's, it, it does come back to it, and it's something I always chirp on. It's really finding that balance, you know? So it's if those if those gym sessions aren't going to fit and they're not going to work into, into life, you need to find what does work, you know? So it's you find where that why is, and then you just really find what works. Yeah, on top of that as well, it can tie into your five-side football or your your ga training or, you know, playing a match at the weekend, socialising even with your friends oh. and whatnot. I think it, it covers that whole Completely. spectrum as well. I, you, you would laugh about this when I've talked to you about it in the past. I've seen people coming to work with me looking to trim down or that are just moved into an area and have been looking to do some training and do some exercise and I've I've sent them to the rugby teams or I've sent them to the to the GA teams and or even yeah I used to play soccer joined the cycling club and they've always looked at me as if I had 10 heads like what do you not want the business you know I, I could know by where you want to go and this is this is something that would suit you more and 
six months down the line, two months down the line, even two or three days later, I've had them coming back to me saying, like, thank you so much. That's This is really what I needed. And in a lot of cases, it may have been just joining up with a five-a-side team at Carl, but that, that little bit of just kind of competition two nights a week, it was it's brilliant. It's just, it keeps me going. It's something to look forward to on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night. And I just, I essentially don't want to do a whole pile more, but it's, as I say, it's down to the person. So just having that, I suppose, when I put it, when I bring it back, you have to put it back on the trainer a little bit also. So you have to have that bit of an ability to read the person. And if you can't read the person, you need to ask the right question. So if you cannot read the person discreetly, you need to be blunt and ask, well, what do you enjoy doing or what do you want to do? Because it's very easy for us to say, right, well, I'll bring them in and have them doing the exercises I love doing. Because sure, that's how I got in shape. And I'll just tell them exactly what i done or I'll just tell them exactly what that Gary Gomartin fella done. But at the end of the day, they're not Sean Gallagher or Gary Gomartin. So that's, that's the thing. So there's a lot, <laughs> as I say, there's a lot more to the, to the job of a PT than people kind of bring it down to at the end of the day. Yeah, like there's no point, there's no point being miserable, paying someone to do something that you're going to be miserable at when you can sit down, have an honest discussion about what you actually enjoy. A lot of people, if they're anyways genuine, they do still want help. So if they want me to help them, I suppose, transform their life and they may only have to meet me once every six weeks, but they're out having time enjoying life with their kids rather than paying me for six weeks or 12 weeks to come into a gym and be dreading every single session and be just thinking, well, it's what I have to do because it's what he told me I have to do. I suppose that's, that's, that's worse than doing nothing as far as I'm concerned because if you don't want to be there, no, no transformation or no amount of losing weight or feeling better is worth that because those couple of extra pounds and doing something that you love would be so much better than being in, I suppose, what you call your, your perfect self or in, that fitting into those perfect pair of jeans or something, you know? It's just, at the end of the day, as you know yourself, it's not worth it if it's you're doing something you, you don't love or even if you love it, if it's getting in the way of something that's more important, you know? So it's about getting that balance and really just finding to say that you're not even penciling in time to do it, that you just, you just go and do it whenever you can, you know? Yeah, completely agree with you there. So uh, the third thing then would be once you've figured out what you want to do and you start increasing your need a bit, the next thing for me I think I'd look at is being able to master my body weight, uh, master or build up competency with body weight exercises to build up that foundation. Would that be your go-to thing? Yeah. Or what would you be? So the way I would always be looking at it is, once you can get that bit of a judgment on the person that they're really enjoying it and they're getting into it, because no matter what you do, when you're enjoying what you're doing, you're always going to want to get better. And I don't care. I'll challenge that with any person. If you're really getting into your body weight exercise or you're really getting into your five-a-side, you're always going to be thinking, well, how... How can I get that bit better? You know, or how can I run that bit harder for an extra five minutes? Or, right, I'm getting I'm getting thirty four body weight squats in in the thirty seconds. How can I get to forty? You know, so it's 
that I don't care. That little bit of competition is always in people. And if you can make yourself better, there's always that little bit of it. So when it comes to the body weight stuff, I would always just kind of step it up that little bit more of be it. I suppose the most basic side of it is lowering those rest times and upping that working times or bringing in, I suppose, some more kind of challenging exercises. So bringing, bringing in your single leg work and bringing in more kind of more movement work into the exercises. So having the, having the core working and having the, just the overall body balance kind of working. So it's just, I suppose no matter what it is, it's just kind of raising that bar slightly all the time rather than just doing the same thing, I suppose, and actually just it becoming kind of stagnant and just, right, you're, look, you're doing it, you're happy, but you're not progressing, you know, always, always looking to progress that little bit. Yeah, like I think it's a, it's a great way to get a feel for your body itself. Like when you're, if you're doing a body weight squat and you feel something, you know, it might be a bit of a twitch or it might be something you, you, you'll start, you'll start to notice things a lot more when you're, when you're doing the body weight stuff compared to doing a, a bench press or an overhead press, you know, stuff will start to, start to click with you more like, ah, maybe, maybe this, uh, Maybe I do my pistol squats and on my left leg I can get ten reps, but on my right leg I can only get five. There's an issue there. Oh, totally, man, totally. And even just I suppose the the big I suppose the big one I I always bring it back to is just the, the technique and just the form side of things of somebody that can turn around and says, Oh well like I have no bother doing a hundred uh, bodyweight squats without stopping. And but the problem is there could be after the 51 or the 52, the form could completely drop. The arse could be flailing here and there. The chest could be up and down. It could be like a beak with the head kind of hopping and trotting around the place. So it's once, I suppose, those little cues, I suppose that's where the that's where the coach really earns his money and he just kind of cuts his cloth of sorting out those little kind of fine kind of tweaks where the person can really see, whoa, I've just done 12 body weight squats there or I've just done eight Bulgarian split squats I cannot do a ninth or I cannot do a thirteenth this shouldn't be happening so it can really realise whoa maybe I have been doing things wrong in the past or maybe I have been kind of overcompensating or I have been kind of given in to the pressures of my body you know so it's it can be just a simple a simple little difference and you can see that in a person that penny can really drop to realize, whoa, I suppose this this could be a brilliant investment to really see, okay, so maybe I was doing things wrong and I thought I was training really well, but I was getting nowhere. And now I can see, well, I'm doing a fifth of what I thought I could do, but I'm doing it correctly, you know? So it really kind of brings the owners back to them to realize the quality over the quantity and really, really showing them the value for the money that they do get. Well, like, yeah, I was just talking about how yeah. how can you go from squatting 100 or 60 kilo on a barbell when you're unable to do 10 body weight squats? Like, it's, it's quite a big ask. Yeah. 
yeah, so I, that's, I remember exactly when we were just going through that bit there. So it's really, technique is the 100% most important thing. So when you bring it down to it, everyone needs a coach in some ways, even if it's just having your phone set up, videoing yourself, training to see how you're, how you have your legs corrected, how your ankles are moving, you know. So it, it really comes down to technique and just having that good, solid foundation of body weight work in the end up because I suppose kind of, there's an age-old fact there, I suppose, coming from the team environment of, well, if you can't do body weight squats till, I suppose, to failure within high numbers, you're wasting your time trying to do three, three kind of, of double your body weight to failure, you know, because at the end of the day, if you cannot actually move your body efficiently for a long period of time, you're you're robbing Peter to pay a Paul essentially, you know. So it's, it really comes back to your technique, the movement. Yes, some people might say, oh, well, your type of footwear you're using or the type of stretching and your abilities comes down to it beforehand, but the number one aspect of it is really just... Yeah, like it's... Eyes, uh, we, it's we, we touched on it in the first episode uh, about home workouts. And again, like, by starting with them before moving on to your free weights or your kettlebells or your machines, if you can do them, that's... If you can do body weight stuff, that's setting you up to do the other things. Because them movements transition into them other oh. things like a barbell squat your bench press or your T rows or whatever form of rows you're doing or pull downs they're they're massive because even what I find with a lot of people and I but a couple there's a lot couple of young fellas there on, on GA teams that I'm coaching and even just doing kind of conditioning sessions with lads from the teams asking them to do strict kind of uh, military press push-ups. And then they're, they're struggling. They, they're getting to two or three and they're just elbows are falling out and they're pushing the arms out as wide as they can. And then you're bringing it back to thinking, well, you want to go into a gym there and you want to try and bench press your, your own body weight or more than your body weight because you're watching other guys do it. But they're forgetting where the fundamentals came from to start and, I suppose, where these guys that are throwing these big amounts of weight around, how they started or how they got to where they are. So it's, it's that kind of, you know, I suppose it's, I kind of call it living in the moment syndrome of, well, if it's on Instagram right now, it must kind of resonate to everyone. You know, it's not that like guys look at Rob Lipset there or Eddie Hall, any of these big kind of gym, gym guys. And they're thinking, oh, well, like if they're doing it now, surely I can just go in and do it. There's no, there's no thought process put down to how long are they, those guys training and like Eddie Hall doesn't just go in and do a 300 pound deadlift on day one, you know, it's, it's something that you build up to and build up to. So it's having a knowledge and just a little bit of a thought of, well, is this really possible for me to do? Or I suppose remembering that you could really hurt yourself. So it's, it's an important thing, really, I suppose, to just know your body, but know, know your limitations and don't really, I suppose, how would you say is, 
I would just say it in a nice way, I suppose, the bro, the bro lifts or they're just, the trying to just impress people around you. So, look, if you're benching 20 kg, but you're doing it perfectly, that's so yeah. much better. Than no, that, could, that ties in perfectly with the next point, which is compound movement. So once you've built up that foundation of body weight exercises where you can competently do uh, a several sets of strict push-ups, bodyweight squats, lunges, and um, TRX rows, or even some form of pull-ups or chin-ups, you then look at the compound movements, which is your squat, deadlift, bench press, overhead press, again, pull-up, chin-up. And what do you... And what these are yeah. are movements which Sorry, encompass yeah. several different muscle groups. So your squats cover your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, and your calves, as well as your core. It, it's nearly a complete total body exercise because it does activate the lower back flexors as well. Yeah, I suppose The squat, the squat really is the it's the massive one at the end of the day. It's everybody, they just they jump to the idea of oh well, to get your to get the big boom, you got to do your squat. But to be just overall kind of be able to just move around, you should be squatting. I suppose to be the to be the strongest you, you should be squatting. So it's it's a very important move. So yes, once the person kind of steps past doing that body weight kind of. That have that foundation in place of having a a, a, a strength base in place. Yes, your your compound movements, so your your squats, your be it your your normal your normal Olympic bar deadlift, or if you're bringing if the mobility is light, they are to bring in the, the hex bar deadlift, and then bring in your your upper body work. Then so you're essentially even just a, an overhead shoulder press or just a a normal shoulder press. Yes, it's not. It's not essential, but it's a good it's a yeah. good kind of like, um, to bring into your your compound. You're gonna you're gonna get more bang for your buck and cut out on time if you're incorporating these movements in rather than going straight off doing your tricep extensions, doing your bicep curls, or even doing calf raises and pec decks and cable crossovers, or your hamstring curlers. Yeah, that's why I suppose it's a big thing I always say to people at the start. Don't get caught up with all the machines in the gym when you start. Know know what you want to do before you walk in on day one because you can walk into the big fancy pants gym on day one and then you can have no plan in place and I suppose you just do the, I suppose, like what you could call it, I suppose, the window the window shopper routine of just, oh, well, I'll do a round of these and I shall do a round of them and oh, sure, God, I'll do a round of them as well. And there's no, there's no plan in place. There's no time. You could be there for three hours and you've, oh, sure, I've done a little bit of everything, but you've no, you've no base in place, really. Look, it's better than nothing. There's the great way to look at it. But if you can go in there, I suppose you can have your 45 minutes to an hour set out and you just write, bang, my bang my three compound exercises in 
and then look right this is going well now I can see look let's individualize it up so it's once I suppose at the end of the day that that's really kind of step three I suppose you've got the body weight kind of exercises down for step one you get the kind of compounds and the basic lift in then for kind of your your step two and then once you're getting the step three that's you're really narrowing it down to right I really need to focus on my my biceps focus on my triceps focus on my my calves so focus on my upper or my lower calves with my be it step ups or be it with uh, look your, your calf raises and then you can just you can really break it down then so once Naturally enough, once that bit of training, kind of that bit of training age, and that bit of an interest has kind of come into it, that's when I suppose it it gets it gets really fun. I suppose as you can really bring it back to when you're just breaking it down to a single area, and that's when I suppose that you can you can really see then. I suppose yes, you could say that's a time that you really should look back into getting a trainer also to really manage things well when you're going to do it that seriously. So there's there's kind of a get a trainer at the start, uh, spread your wings in the middle, and then when you're really stepping in to take it really seriously when the competitiveness for just yourself comes into it, yes, looking towards getting the trainer to get yourself accountable again comes back to it. So it's, you know, it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a double-edged sword in some ways. I should be telling you, you always need to have a trainer, but... You need to you need to express yourself for a while too, also to just build up what you really like to do, essentially. So those, oh, sorry, excuse me. When you're working those compound lifts in, that's a good time to really just yeah, like there's, and really see where you are and where you want to be. There's no point going at um, all these accessory stuffs and then and then going back and doing your compound last. Like you're you're putting the cart before the horse again. Like where you when you when you have a coach and someone who's oh. there who who's done the, the rounds, they can again going back to the window shopping thing. They'll tell you, yeah. don't don't be going at that. Do your compound first. This is going to, this is the thing that's going to set you up, going to tire you out. This is what you need to focus on first, and then we can look at this other this other fancy gadgets. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, it's it's very, very simple. No matter what you're doing, even in your day's work, the most, uh, I suppose, the most difficult, the most taxing, the most strenuous job is almost going to be the one you'll you'll do first, no matter what, if possible, during the day. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna do three sets of ten squats at a time, you're not gonna do single leg hops or box jumps before that. You're gonna you're gonna want to be fresh. That's the exercise you're gonna want to really. And I suppose that's where there can be that little bit of a trial and error, and people can realize. I suppose and a silly injury can occur from it. And look, I'm sure we we both have been there where we're just that bit of a trial and error of not knowing what they should be doing, of kind of doing the doing the kind of silly accessory stuff that seems fun and enjoyable at the start rather than doing, the, I suppose, the core, kind of the, the bread and butter exercises and keeping that to the end and just not really not having it in the tank. And I suppose it can, can mess with your head then because you're, you're kind of, you're messing with your progression because you didn't, you didn't scale things out properly. So just knowing, 
knowing what you need to do and what you want to do are two different things. So that's, that's probably quite a big point I'd put into this. I suppose knowing you really might enjoy doing some ex- uh, accessory stuff or kind of agility stuff because it's going to make you look faster or it might look cool when you're in the gym, but not to be n- n- neglecting your squats or your single leg work, you know, so the real kind of important stuff. So having the, having the nitty gritty bread and butter stuff done, finished in 